Welcome everybody to the Last Lap Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Pearson, bringing you all the action from the short circuit home of the Thunderbolts. And helping me sift through all the action of this incredible race, we have our longtime co-host, Darren Dazzergunderson. G'day everybody. Did you catch my cameo on Neighbours? And it will be only Darren tonight, as I'm afraid none of our other guests were able to make it in time for the uh, recording tonight. But don't worry, I'm sure we'll have one or maybe even two back next week. So let's start off proceedings actually by taking a look at what happened at the back of the grid. The Limers, Bulls of Chaos and the Hornets brought up the back of the uh, pack this particular race. Um, taking a look back through the replays, it seemed not every ra- uh, not every marble, I should say, was having exactly the same kind of race, although um, possibly the Llamas and Balls of Chaos had a, probably a more similar trajectory across the length of the Grand Prix. Early losses coming on to lead to making it very difficult for them to actually be able to make it back through the pack. Um, especially kind of surprising given that it was a race full of overtakes pretty much from front to back. I think you might actually be getting the uh, haunted symbols of chaos mixed up there, Andrew. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, you're uh, perfectly, uh, perfectly spot on there, Dazza. Yes, um, sorry, yes, it was the Balls of Chaos had a reasonable race until the end. Um, unfortunately, the Limers and Hornets both lost early on. Um, what was your analysis of it anyway, Dazza? Well, the interesting thing for me there is that realistically, all three of those teams started in and around the same place on the grid um, and all shared a fairly similar fate by the end of the race. Um, you're really looking at the the kind of race that the Limers and, and uh, Hornets had. It was a case of those early losses, uh, I think, put them so far behind that in a race where um, you're talking about con- constant speed through all three sectors to put together a fast time, when you're trying to judge the distance between you and the marble in front of you and trying to work out where and when's the best place to draft, which place is the best time to actually put in that overtake, you, you're, you're looking three or four marbles ahead and at that point you kind of heads out of the game because really you only need to be concentrating on who's in front of you and that's that's what the teams at the front certainly were doing was, was taking it one marble at a time um I think, especially in the case of the the Limers with with Sublime, the the lack of concentration led to what was quite possibly one of the more embarrassing moments in uh, sort of marble racing history, actually just stopping dead on the track, possibly due to complete mental fatigue. Balls of Chaos didn't actually kind of have that bad a start, really. They managed to to be placing as high as seventh on the uh, second lap, but it just all seemed to go wrong from them there. They 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 lost places. They might gain one back, and then they'd lose places, and then just by the end of the race, they seemed to be sort of totally out of steam. I think that's actually a fair point, and actually, it goes some way to explaining the Midnight Wisps race. Uh, on top of that, you know. Um, Realistically, uh, in a short race like this, um, you've got to maintain a consistent speed all the way through the race. If you have to put on extra hard speed at the start to make up for a lack of places, I think at that point, when you're getting to the end, when you really need to be holding marbles at bay, making the right choices, you're not in the best position to, to be able to defend your position. And, and really, this is this is what happened to both uh, the Midnight Whiffs and, and very definitely um, Balls of Chaos. I think they just were swallowed up you know, one marble at a time just overtaking, overtaking, uh, and there were marbles at the back, and, and you'd be surprised about how demoralising that can be, um, to see somebody that you're expecting to see in your, you know, rearview mirrors suddenly be overtaking you. I mean, if you if you look, really, um, Balls of Chaos spent, you know, the last four or five laps really, you know, and I, I hate to say this because it's, you know, it's making something of the Hornets, but, um, you know, they were fighting with the Hornets, and I don't think that's where Balls of Chaos uh, actually expect to be on the grid. Uh, you know, that's a that's a tough mental place to be in. 
Speaking of tough mental places to be, and I think we've uh, all got to, you know, have our hearts go out to Pulsar this week, who really had a torrid time from quali onwards. Um, being unlucky with the the false release, shall we call it, um, at the the uh, start of quality, having to run their qualification lap, running in basically the dirty air of uh, speedy, uh, and ending up placing you know second last in qualifying was not a great way to start the weekend after having you know battled so well the week previous uh, and closed the gap down to a point at the uh, top of the table, but in the race, well. I think I doubt a marble has had a more dramatic start. I think it was something like twelve or thirteen places made up on the first the first lap for for Pulsar, um, running as high as second for a couple of laps in the middle, and then well, it really did go horribly, horribly wrong. Do we have any understanding about why that happened, um, Darren? Well, you know. I'm a former Aussie Rules player here, so, you know, a bit of full contact is not something I particularly shy away from, but I have to say that I feel that uh, in this particular case, Pulsar might possibly be accused of being a little bit more, uh, or a bit bit too gentlemanly for his own good. Uh, In case of running in second, as he was with Speedy, you'll see, uh, you know, he's coming in up to the final straight reasonably far ahead you know speedy's drafting behind but he seems to have it covered and just just as they're getting past the tower speedy comes in he does the little sort of nascar style bump draft uh, and that really does it for for pulsar because he's sort of slammed into the pit lane which uh, as we saw uh, ironically through speedy himself uh, was not a good way to go if you were uh, you know trying to maintain a place on, on the uh, on the circuit However, what it, where it really went wrong was the last lap, uh, ironically, as we're on the last lap podcast. A little plug for you there, Andrew. <laughs> Thank you, Darren. Always appreciated. Pulsar was actually in eighth place uh, at the start of the uh, the last lap. He he was in you know in a place to you know he wasn't going to be scoring good points compared to Speedy, but you know he was ahead of uh, the Hazers at that point um, and and was on on course to you know at least keep uh, within the, the you know a good touching distance of those around him at the front of the grid. Uh, he lost two places off of the first corner. So by the by the first straightaway, uh, he he'd already dropped two places. It looked like he might have held on into the last, but again into the pit lane on that last lap uh, that allowed, uh, I think it was uh, Billy from the Green Ducks, and uh, I can't remember which O'Rangers was it. Was it Clementin this week? Uh, Clementin threw from the O'Rangers, uh, and suddenly that, you know, eight points, uh, eighth place, sorry, with a, with a few points on the board, suddenly becomes 11th place and no points on the board, uh, and you're suddenly looking at uh, the speeders charging away at the front of the grid, and you're still behind the hazers. It's, uh, it's not a good week to be Pulsar, let's put it that way. Well, we don't have uh, an interview with Pulsar this week, unfortunately, um, but we do, I think, have a, one of our roving reporters with Speedy from the Savage Speeders, who uh, maybe he can ask him about that sort of ungentlemanly conduct uh, that's been sort of floating around the interwebs. Uh, over to you, Ian. Oh yes, hello Andrew, uh, Ian here. I am at the Savage Speedway, uh, where uh, Speedy has been doing lap after lap, uh, training rigorously hard uh, for the penultimate race of the season. Now I've been uh, given special permission to uh, go down trackside to try and speak to Speedy, Um, so if you just bear with me a second, I will just make my way uh, down the stands and uh, over onto the catch fencing and uh, oh yes I think I can uh, I can see him coming around the final turn up onto the straight now let me just uh, let me just try and grab a word uh, Mr Speedy would you um... oh uh, he he's gone past uh, just bear with me a second he'll be back any uh, any second soon 
Okay, Ian, well, if you could just hurry up a little bit. Oh, yep, yeah, no, here he comes now. Um, oh, Mr. Spinny, Mr. Spinny, can I just ask you a question? Oh, he's, he's gone past again. Um, well, if you just just hang on, I'll, I'll try and get him one more time, if um, if that's all right, Andrew. I mean, do I actually have a choice, Ian? Okay, uh, I'll see him now. He's coming round the corner and... Oh, I don't think this is going to work. Back to you, Andrew. As always, Ian, marvellous job. Well, let's, something, let's talk about something slightly more exciting than whatever that was. Um, Snowy from Team Snowballs. What a... Wow. What a race. I mean, okay, if, if Team Galactic had maybe actually been able to have done something with their early lead, we, we might have been talking about them. But what an amazing and astounding comeback. I think that was 10 places um, in the end that they uh, made, maybe even 11. I, I'm not sure on the countback, but um, just astounding stuff from the Snowballs. Um, where did that come from? What did they do right that the other teams just simply weren't able to uh, to do and achieve? Well, ironically, I think what helped uh, Snowy here was actually what didn't help uh, Team Galactic. Team Galactic managed to get out uh, in front fairly early uh, and make a reasonable size gap, and were running fairly, you know, fairly clean in that in that space. Um, the Snowballs, well, uh, they made gradual progress through the first few laps. Um, and actually lost some places as they were fighting with shock from the uh, Thunderbolts. Uh, and at that point, you, you wondered if maybe, you know, those two teams were actually damaging each other's chances of, of getting some sort of mid-table points. Um, but after that point, well, Snowball... Uh, sorry, Snowy from the Snowballs uh, actually was able to find his own groove in the track um, and then lap after lap was just able to take a place back, take a place back, take a place back didn't take the lead until lap 11 and I think that's crucial I think what they did was just bide their time waiting to see what teams were making mistakes what teams' energy levels were like uh, seeing the lines that they were taking and then they knew that what they could do was just draft, draft, draft get through, flew past Speedy realistically, uh, and then just held the lead solidly for the last uh, the last four laps. And, uh, you know, Bob's your mother's brother. And let's not forget, you know, this is not a marble who ha- has achieved nothing in Marbula 1 so far. He's already got a third place to his name uh, and an eighth place in his other race. So as a consistent point scorer, has shown speed before. Um, should we really be that surprised that we're seeing, you know, Snowy capable of winning a race? Well, with the possible exception of Vesper, I think you can say most marbles have a chance of winning a race. But definitely, Snowy is one of the top contenders for, you know, MVP come the end of the season. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see some of the other teams, you know, maybe tapping him up and seeing if uh, if he'll jump ship at some point. Really? Do you, do you really think that a marble could change teams like that? Well, you've got to think about it. Slap a bit of pink and blue paint on him and suddenly he's a jawbreaker. Well... What a crazy off-season that would be, I think. Silly season has started early in Marbula 1. Um, you mentioned them before, actually, when, when talking about Snowy's excellent uh, victory. But uh, Thunderbolts, I think we have to officially announce that the host cursed is dead. At, at least for now, anyway, until we see what happens to the Raspberry Races at our uh, next Grand Prix. Um, but an astounding race, really. Um, average qualifying, you know, I think we thought that's fairly typical for the host curse. You, you rarely see them... Uh, uh, you know, the hosts breaking the uh, top five, um, but a really magnificent race um, when when you look back at what they had to, you know, work their way through. They're solidly fighting through a lot of uh, very hard teams to end up with that second place. I'll tell you what, what that comes down to is having a team full of uh, great marbles. It really helps push on, uh, you know, when a marble's feeling down. And I, I think everybody was looking for Bolt to be really the, the main point scorers for the Thunderbolts this season. He did score a fifth and a second in the, in the last race, ironically. Um, and uh, poor old Shock had scored a 13th and a 15th, I think, before today. Uh, 
you know, it's very easy for Marvels to get discouraged and, you know, not be able to come back. You know, we'd look at the poor form of certain Marbles. Let's not name any names, Mary. Cough, cough. Uh, I shouldn't cough, cough. That's probably going to get me quarantined somewhere. Um, but anyway, uh, if you look back at the, the kind of race that, uh, you know, Shock had, it's not down to, you know, just a single desire to win a race for themselves. He knows he's got to pull points back for his teammates. He knows he's got to perform better for his team. Uh, and when you get that kind of motivation behind you, it's very hard to stop uh, a marble really, you know, achieving things that you, you might not expect, despite previous results not going in their way. Well, I'm getting news in my ear that actually we've been uh, able to get one of our roving reporters over to the Thunderbolts, uh, maybe uh, after they finish partying quite so hard for breaking the host curse. Uh, but I think we are, uh, might actually be able to speak to Shock. Um, are you there, roving reporter Roger? Uh, hello, Andrew. Uh, I'm here on the golf course, apparently, where I'm to find Shoku on a bit of a uh, a cool-down day after a couple of days celebrating, as you would expect from a marble who's just achieved that magnificent result for the hosts. Uh, he's out here on the course somewhere. Uh, it's a bit of a rainy, horrible day. The clouds are really dark overhead, and it's, it's coming down something fierce. But I'm, I'm going to go out, and I'm going to find him for you, Andrew. Don't you worry. I'll be out there in just a second. Uh, oh. Is that him of? Is that him putting on the green? I think it is. Well, give me two seconds. I'm just gonna run over to him. Uh, Ian, I, I wouldn't hold your mic above your head like that. Not on a stormy day like. Oh, ah! oh dear. Uh, well, uh, anyway, back to the race. Um, maybe we can talk about a couple of the other front runners uh, who had kind of interesting races. Uh, let's talk about the uh, Mellow Yellow and uh, Team Primary. Um, Prim, who everybody was lauding after a quite convincing um, qualifying um, run, actually had a you know a fairly good start. Actually, was was running for the the half the race realistically uh, up until lap seven, and then a big big drop back down um, behind the likes of the Snowballs, um, Team Momo. Uh, even the arrangers at, uh, at a point um, managed to sort of bring it back really um, up to second actually with the on the penultimate lap and then uh, lost out to both the Thunderbolts and the uh, Fa Savage Speeders. Um, Mellow Yellow, it, uh, oh, well, how can you describe their race realistically? Well, realistically, I've got several terms, but I don't believe I'm about to use them on a family show. Uh, it was uh, not good, shall we say. Uh, wonkier than a wombat's widger is uh, one thing I could possibly get away with saying. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they were in third place, and, and on a track like this, you'd, have, you'd expect them to maybe have made a bit more of that. Uh, but, but over the course of the race, well, they lost place after place after place after place I think they were about sort of 15th by about lap 5 um, and at that point really you couldn't see them coming back but it is a bit of a manful effort to uh, or a marbleful effort I should probably say uh, to come back all the way from there and bring it back to 4th place uh, you know rescued a decent haul of points for them when realistically you look at some of the other uh, you know uh, marbles that, that did fairly well in the race and then dropped off and dropped completely out of the points. So uh, I think you have to say it wasn't a, a bad result all round for both teams, but they're probably going to be licking their wounds a little bit and looking towards the Razway as a as a way of getting their revenge on both uh, the, uh, the the teams in front in the Thunderbolts and uh, Team Snowball. 
And I think we've got to show a little bit of love for the Raspberry Racers, starting dead last. And although they didn't end up back into uh, the points, they did, however, manage to get themselves back up to 12th, fighting very hard for that. Um, definitely, you know, they, they, they could have easily given up early on and ended up, well, yeah, kind of a bit like Sublime, just stopped on track and not even bothered. But, you know, they, they fought manfully on and, uh, you know, a few other crashes up ahead and, you know, they could have nicked some points. You can't give up in this sport. That's pretty much the uh, be-all and end of it. There's, you just literally never know what's going to happen ahead of you. Uh, look at uh, Waspy on the conveyor belt. Uh, you know, could have been out winning that race, uh, and in the end, ends up you know being t taken off at the end of the day for medical treatment. Uh, look at Sublime like this, this, this race, but but has been a challenger in some other races. Uh, it just you just don't know. It, there's no point in in taking yourself out of the race before you're literally crossing the uh, finish line and seeing how the uh, results roll your way. Well, and speaking of results rolling the right way, let's, uh, let's talk about the Rojo Rollers uh, and Team Moho. Uh, back in the points again, second race in the row. Um, they're really making up for what was a very slow start in the sport. Um, that's two races in the row that they have, in fact, finished ahead of the Hazers, who uh, at one sport, uh, at one point during the season, did seem to be the runaway leaders uh, in the, uh, the whole of the league. You remember? You remember I was talking to you about Team Spirit, Andrew, and this is pretty much a, exactly uh, the... Well, it's not exactly the same as what happened with the Thunderbolts, where you have one teammate who is pushing harder than the others, and that, that kind of pulls them along. In some cases, you've got to have teams that just love to support one another, have a good feeling within them, and what those teams can do is, is really support... Uh, not just a marble, but the whole team through bad points. And I think you're seeing that, especially in terms of the uh, Rojo Rollers. Um, you know, they, they've not had the, the greatest of luck in uh, in the season so far. But, you know, to, to, to come back this time, um, they didn't exactly start from, you know, uh, a bad place. Uh, and they ended up pretty much, in fact, finishing exactly where they started. Um, and, and Momo lost a couple of places. But, but I think in other races during the season, both of those teams, you'd have found them in the places where, you know, the Midnight Wisps and the Hornets ended up in this race, nearer the back. Well, indeed. Uh, and I think that uh, pretty much covers the whole of the short circuit uh, in a short amount of time as I possibly could manage. Uh, we will be heading to the home of the Raspberry Races, the Rasway, uh, next week. So I hope you will uh, tune in and join us for that. Uh, so thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much to my guest, Darren Dazagunderson. See you next week, you little rippers. And thank you again for tuning in. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. Hi, it's Andy here. Just wanting to thank you, Gghost27 from Reddit, for his wonderful lap by lap charts, which every week make uh, writing this podcast so much easier. Uh, thanks to Helles, obviously, for letting us uh, do this podcast. Just a reminder that we are an unofficial podcast, uh, not affiliated particularly with the uh, Marbles, just enjoying his content and uh, trying to make the most out of it. Uh, just a little reminder that we are still looking for people to um, create uh, and um, add content for the uh, podcast if you think that you have a skit idea that you would like to send in please send it uh, with an mp3 file explaining uh, what you want to use it for to submissions at last lap podcast and we'll be looking to put it in the show thank you bye, -bye.